everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Well, to all of our moms, we just want to say happy Mother's Day. We love you and we are so proud of you. And that song does such an incredible job speaking to the legacy that you leave. The things you do for our families, the things you do for your families, the way you love, the way you serve, the way you lead, its impact does not just affect your family. It doesn't just affect your kids, but it will impact their kids and then their kids, and that leaks out into our society and our communities. And so again, we're so proud of you, and we love you so much. But I do want to say this as well, as I know that for some of us, Mother's Day, like all holidays, isn't just a day of celebration. In fact, it's a, it's, a, it's a day that has all kinds of emotions associated with it for whatever reason. Uh, it, maybe it's because you've lost a mom recently, or uh, maybe it's a, a child who's struggling in your life right now. Or I know that there's some of you out here today who so desperately want to be a mom, and it just hasn't happened yet. And so today, we just want you to know that as a church, we rejoice with those of you that rejoice, and we grieve with those of you who grieve. And no matter what you might be feeling this morning, and the truth is, it's probably some of both of those, we just pray that you would know the love, the grace, and the peace of God this morning. Could we, at all of our campuses, could we just give it up for all of our moms one time this morning? Happy Mother's Day. So one of the things my, my wife, my wife, who is incredible uh, mom, I've got three great moms in my life, my mom, my mother-in-law, and my wife, uh, who are incredible examples uh, to our family. One of the things my, my wife has done really well is, is she's able to capture just a few things that have happened in our kids' lives as they've grown up over the years, and uh, she captures a lot of times on Facebook, and, and every now and then those memories will, will pop back up. One of those came up a, a couple, uh, about, about a couple months ago. It, it, it's a funny little story, but uh, it happened when our son was maybe three, maybe four years old, and my wife was getting ready for the day. She was in the bathroom. She was putting her makeup on when my son walked in. And as she was putting on her mascara, my son said, Mom, what are you doing to your eyes? And uh, Rachel said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm putting on mascara. This is makeup. It helps me look pretty and presentable. And my son Dawson like looked up at her with his really confused look. He's like, but why? You're already perfect just like you are. Could you imagine if you started every day with that kind of word? We are in a series uh, called the Relationship Survival Guide. And what I want to talk with you today is nothing really complex. It's nothing you haven't heard before. In fact, it's, it's a very simple idea but it has all kinds of potential to be one of the most powerful resources we have to build our relationships, to show another person that we love them. Uh, if you remember the very first week when we started off this series, here's, here's what Dwight had to say about relationships, and I, I think this is so true. He says, if your relationships are good, if your relationships are good in your life, life will be good. 
And I believe this one thing has the power to help make relationships, your relationships, better in your life. That one thing is words. It's the language we speak. We show other people that we love them by the language that we use. And I wanna talk about three aspects of that today. It's, it's uh, the, our words, our words we use. It's how we use our words. But ultimately, I wanna talk about the language of action. The language of action. But uh, the love is expressed by the language we use. And here's the first idea I wanna talk about is the language of words, the words that we actually use. I think as a society, I think as a society, we've lost perspective on how powerful words are. One way to remember just how powerful words can be is actually to go back all the way to the beginning of Scripture. In the very beginning of Scripture, when God created the world, he literally made something amazing, the world, life as we know it, out of nothing. Do you remember how he did it? How did he make something out of nothing? Genesis 1, 2, it says, on the first day, and God said, on day two, and God said, and that continued day three, four, five, and six, God literally created the world with words. He created reality with words. And like God, maybe with our words, we can't create the world, but we absolutely can create life around us. Your words have incredible potential to change your life around you. It's the words that are spoken to you, right? It's the words that you speak, the words you speak to God, the words you speak to others, also the words that you speak to yourself. They will establish your reality. And certainly we could talk about all kinds of the words that are spoken to us, but what I really wanna focus on today is what's within your control. And what is within your control is the words you speak. The words you speak to yourself, the words you speak to other people around you. One of the uh, greatest sources of scripture on the words we speak, we find in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, with God's word, Proverbs is basically the common sense book in, in the whole Bible. It just tells you, if you wanna know how to do life really well, to be successful in life, you go to the book of Proverbs. One of the most common things the book of Proverbs speaks about is how we use our words. Listen to this verse in, in, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse three. It says, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. I, I really like this verse. And I think for the sake of our series relationships, we could change lives to relationships. It says, those who guard their lips preserve their relationships. I like that word guard too, because it reminds us that we have control over what we say. We can control what comes out of our mouth. In Proverbs 18, it speaks about the power of words this way. Here's what it said. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Your tongue has the ability to give life or to destroy. Now, I'm a visual person, so I think in images a lot when I think about Scripture. And uh, uh, so here's how I think about that verse. If we have a plant, this is a, a live plant, you, you know that 
in order for this plant to survive, it needs a couple of things, but one thing it absolutely needs is water. It needs water to survive. If, if this continues to get water, it'll continue to live. But what would happen if we poured gasoline on it? You don't have to have a science degree to know what would eventually happen. It would kill it. Your words, most of the time, are either water or they're gas. Think back to this past week, some of the conversations you've had. Were they words of life? Or were they words of death? Here's the other thing I know to be true about this is I'd certainly kill this plant if I poured gasoline on it. But there's something else that would kill this plant if I never used gas, if I never, if I never dumped anything harmful on it. Do you know what that would be? if I just withheld water, if I never watered it. You see, just not pouring gas onto this plant is not enough to kill it. I also have to continue to give it water. And see, for some of us, the opportunity we have to establish life, to love other people, it's not just about the words we use. It can also be about the words we don't use. Early on in our marriage, uh, my wife and I, Rachel, her name's Rachel, we were having a conversa conversation. And uh, in this conversation, she was just reminding me, you know, I was, especially as a young husband, I was really coachable. I loved feedback on how I could treat my wife a little bit better. And she was just reminding me that, that it had been a little while since I had just said, I love you. And so I, I received that and I wanted to comfort her. I wanted to reassure her. And so I just let her know. I said, hey, if I stopped loving you, I would have told you. Right? Until I, until I tell you something different, just assume that my love has stayed the same. You guys are laughing. Yeah, how well do you think that went over? See, it's not just the words we use. Sometimes it's the absence of our words that can destroy or can discourage. So what are you, so, so are your words giving life or are they destroying? For some of you, the words you use are poison. The words spoken in anger. You belittle, you attack, you gossip, you slap. Words of life are always words that honor another person and, and that lift up. And for some of you, when you think about giving life or death, you've got to remove the poison. Like that's step number one. But for others of you, and I would imagine this is a good amount of you, for others of you, you're not watering very much. You're not speaking very much life into those around you, to your spouse, to your kids, to the people that you work with, to your friends, to your extended family. And that's a step for you. And, and I think there's a couple of reasons why we don't always speak words of life. One is because sometimes we're just too self-absorbed. We're just thinking about ourselves too much that we aren't really noticing the people around us and the watering that they may need. 
The second reason is I think maybe some of us have this idea that our words don't matter. Maybe you think, I'm not that important of a person. So the words I speak really aren't that important. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Nothing could be farther from the truth. If you have the Holy Spirit of God within you, your words matter. You are God's audible voice in this world to other people. That's how we audibly hear God is through other people. And you are that voice and your words are important. And the reason your words are important mostly, it's not because of how important we are, but it's how important they are and how important they are to God. Are you giving life? Are you giving death with the words that you speak? Here's the second component of the language we speak and how it communicates love. It's not just the words we use, it's how we use those words. Back in the 1960s, there was this psychologist named Dr. Morabian. Some of you maybe seen this, uh, seen this research that he's done, but he basically says 7% of what is communicated to another person is strictly verbal. It's just the words we use. 93% of what is communicated, of what is heard by the other person is nonverbal. Now there's been some conflicting research, but what all research agrees upon is that most of our communication is more nonverbal than it is verbal. I mean, just think about this, like when you text somebody, when you text somebody, like so much meaning gets lost in just the written word. So what, did all, so, so what did all these phone companies come up with to help us express emotion in our text? Emojis, right? That's the whole purpose of emojis because they, they are there to help us express what we're feeling, not just what we're saying. So much of what we communicate is, is nonverbal. It's not just the words we use, but it's how we use those words. 1 Corinthians 13, the The chapter on love, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. Let's think about those words that describes love in the context of how we use our words. I particularly like this one in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says, love is not rude. Love is not rude. My words are not rude. Now, some of you, some of us sometimes, maybe we intended to be rude, but I would imagine for most of us, it's not usually our intention to be rude. I know when I come home from work after a long day, it is not my intention to be rude to my, to my wife or to my kids. Yet I'm not always successful with that. In fact, we were at our small group a couple weeks ago. We were talking about this very, very topic of how we use our words. And all of the wives in the group agreed that sometimes us guys can be a little bit critical. And we just tried to remind them, like, it's not our intention to be critical. We're just trying to be helpful. Again, it's what's heard and not said sometimes. Here's, here's a great example of this. And this is not something I'm proud of. And this is really hard to admit to. But today, uh, as I'm talking about this, this is one of those things where I'm, I'm really preaching at a place of weakness. This is an area I personally have a lot of room to grow in. But a couple of weeks ago, I was with my son. His name's Dawson. And it was right after track meet. He's running track for the first time this year. And he's running a couple of new events, a little mid-distance, long-distance And every meet, 
he's gotten better. Like every meet, his time's gotten a little faster, a little faster, and a little faster. Until this one meet two weeks ago where he took a couple steps back and his time was a little bit slower. After the meet was over, he's competitive. uh, So he was a little frustrated that he had slowed down. I know a little bit about running. So I had a pretty good idea of like maybe why his time was a little bit slower. So I felt compelled to share that information with him to help him out a little bit. I said, hey, Dawson, I said, how long has it been since you ran? Because of weather, there's a couple uh, canceled track meets, uh, canceled practices. It had been like six days since the last time he ran. I just said, hey, bud, if, if you want to continue to improve, you can't go that long without running. Like one day of rest is okay, maybe two days, but any more than that, you're gonna start taking steps back. You gotta keep, you gotta stay on it. And, and even when practice isn't happening for you, you gotta be, take the initiative to do it for yourself. The car got kind of quiet. So I kept driving down the road for a little bit. I glanced over at Dawson and he's, uh, he's obviously upset. I'm thinking, Yes, he got it. He's mad at himself. (laughs) What a great life lesson that I just taught him. So I said, hey, Dawson, you know, kind of give his dad a pat on the back. Hey, buddy, I see you're upset. What's wrong? He says, I'm mad at you. (laughs) It's not always what is said. That is how it's said. Our facial expression matters. Our body language matters. Timing, the timing, when we say what we have to say, that really matters. I mean, why couldn't I just said, hey, buddy, you'll do better next time? Why couldn't I just said that? It's probably because of this. 1 Corinthians 13 goes on to say this. It says, it does not insist on its own way. Love is not self-seeking. When you feel compelled to speak, especially to another person, are you speaking because it truly benefits the other person? Or are you speaking because it benefits you? If I'm honest, and this is what I'm really not proud of. If I'm honest in why I felt compelled to have that conversation with Dawson is because as a dad, there's something about his performance that connects to my performance. I know it's not true, but it's in here. And sometimes it comes out in ways that I don't want it to come out. And I'm not trying to let it out. But that's the power of nonverbal communication. Whatever's in your heart, whatever compels you to speak is often somehow communicated through all of those nonverbals. And if the other person you're talking to is somewhat self-aware, and especially if they know you well, They know what's going on behind those words. How we speak is so important. And why do we feel compelled to say the things we do? Our nonverbals, though, our nonverbals are not the only thing that matter in communicating love. 
in speaking love. It's not just about the words we use. It's not just about how we use those words, but our language is also about our actions. How do we show people the relationships around us? How do we show those people that we absolutely love them? Our words are incredibly powerful, but they become more powerful when they're backed up by our actions. There was a book written several years ago by Dr. Gary Chapman. This is a long time ago. It was originally written for marriages, but uh, its meaning, its its application has ramifications for all of our relationships. It's called the five love languages. In fact, if you've never come across the five love languages, it's a book I'd strongly recommend you to to read. We have this book available in our bookstores today, uh, and we have another book along with it uh, that's more suited toward the workplace uh, called, called The Five Love Languages of the Workplace, Five Love Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. That's available too. If, if you'd like more information about that, I encourage you to, to, to grab those books. But it does such a great job of helping us know how to help another piece, person feel loved. It's not about us trying to love another person. It's about how does another person feel like we love them. For some of us, it is words of affirmation. It's the words that we use. I'm a words of affirmation person. And if you're a words of affirmation person, you probably know this too. Sometimes for those people in your life, it's not just about the words you speak, but it's about the words you write. What's great about notes for these people is is they can go back and look at them later, right? Words of affirmation is one. Quality time is a huge way that people feel loved, It's uninterrupted focus of just being with another person. That's what quality time is. Another one of those love languages, the way we show others that we love them is acts of service. It's doing something for others. Uh, My mom, who's an incredible mom, like this is definitely one of the ways that she gives love. In fact, uh, my wife makes fun of me because when we still go home to my mom and dad's house, she still does my laundry. I'm 45, but that's how she gives love. And so I'm like, hey, if that helps you feel like you're loving me, go for it, mom. I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to let you do it. But that's acts of service. It's what you're able to do for another person. Another one is gifts. Some people feel love when you give them a gift. And usually, here, I'll say this about gifts. It's not just the price tag. In fact, it's usually in spite of the price tag that's associated with the gift. The gift they like is one that requires thought, that you put thought into what you're giving to them. And it has some type of meaning attached to it. The other one is physical touch. It's a hug. It's a handshake. It's very physical. That's, that's how we love other people. When, when relationships are good, life is good. Relationships get better as we love better. We love better by the language that we use, the words we speak, how we use those words, and the actions that back those up. Again, if you've never had the conversation with your spouse or with your kids, parents, this is great for your kids too, with your extended family, with friends, people you work with, we actually have an assessment available you can, that you can kind of figure out which one of these you are. That's available in our New Point mobile app under the notes section if you're following along there. You can kind of see which one of these are appropriate for you. 
I wanna close with this. Again, just on the power of words and especially a timely word. This is about a, a young lady. I, I read this article a couple years ago. This is about a young lady. She was 23 years old at the time. Previously, her dad had died suddenly. She had a great relationship with her dad. As she continued to grieve the loss of her dad, just trying to get her mind wrapped around, like trying to process it all. One of the things that she did was, even though her dad was gone, she would continue to text, text his phone number. And most of the time, it'd just be, I miss you, I love you, dad. But every now and then, it would be a little bit more. It's like, hey, dad, just wanted to let you know I, I just fell in love. And then that guy broke my heart. Dad, this is what I'm thinking about doing for college. This is what I'm thinking about doing for my career. I started my first day at work today. So she just continually texts her dad as a way of kind of keeping open that, that relationship to her. Well, on the eve before his fourth anniversary of, of his passing, this is simply what she texts that day. She said, hey, dad, it's me. Tomorrow's gonna be a tough day again. But this time, her text was answered for the first time in four years. This is what it said. It says, my name is Brad, and I lost my daughter in a car wreck in August of 2014. Your messages, all those texts, have kept me alive. When you text me, I know, I know it's a message from God. I've listened to you for years, and I've watched you grow more than anyone. I have wanted to text you back for years, but I didn't want to break your heart. He said he wished his daughter would have become the woman that she is. He says, I'm so sorry you have to go through this, but if it makes it any better, I'm very proud of you. That young lady would go on to say that that text changed the trajectory of her life. She felt like God still loved her and that he had a plan for her life. The power of words to give life or to give death. I want you to think this week about one relationship that you have. Doesn't matter which one. In fact, maybe it's a relationship that has a little bit of strife right now. Here's what I wanna challenge you to do. For the next seven days, one time a day, would you choose to speak words of life into that other person? And I just wonder, at the end of seven days, next Sunday, will that relationship look any different? You already know the answer to that. So why not do it? Father God, we are so grateful. So grateful for all of these moms that are in our room. God, I pray today that they would hear you say to them, I'm proud of you. I love you. And you're making such an incredible difference, not only on your kids, but your grandkids and the community that your kids are in. Father, I pray for those who are grieving today. God, I pray that 
that they would know your comfort, that they would realize that you haven't forgotten them, that you see them, and that you love them. God, I pray for, for all of us this week and the week ahead. I pray that we would be intentional with the words that come out of our mouth, that the words we use, God, that they would give life rather than death. And God, I pray even in those opportunities where we would be tempted to stay silent, we would take the initiative to speak, having faith that those words will extend your life and your hope. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.